everyone, Kitty here. Before we dive into the podcast, I wanted to give you a couple of reminders. The first is that we touch on a lot of sensitive subjects that could be possible emotional and trauma triggers for people. If there are any topics that you're sensitive to, we recommend that before you watch any of the movies or listen to our podcasts, you check the website doesthedogdie.com. Also, this podcast is not kid-friendly and not safe for work. Please listen responsibly. Finally, this podcast contains spoilers. If you're like me and don't like spoilers, please watch the movie before listening. Thank you, and happy haunting. This is Hounds of Horror with Max. Uh, what is a non-fatal murder? <laughs> Victor. No, you're no, stupid. It doesn't matter how close you live to your house. But anyway. <laughs> and Kitty. That's a lot. a lot of words for I'm trying something instead of porn. <laughs> Alright, what I would like to have at some point, I want to sit like over there or over there, my own microphone room. Mm-hmm. So I can like mute it or, or something, unmute it. Yeah. Like, I don't know if that's how that works. I guess you can mute it. They have it on off switch. Do they? Some of them do. You know more than I do then. Dude, I see movies. Like that's what they're you, doing. You saw Tusk. Did you see it yet? No. So go fuck yourself. I have enough time to watch movies for this show and that's it. <laughs> I have a lot of shit going on, right? <laughs> anyway, welcome to this shit. <laughs> yes. You are listening to The Hounds of Horror with Max and Victor and Kitty. This is our weekly podcast where we discuss horror movies that we have all sat down and watched and give our opinions that for some reason hopefully some people care about. We have just been watching horror movies for a very long time. We don't really have any professional stock in this, so we are hoping to continue to bring you entertainment based on our love of horror movies. Hopefully. Yeah, that's the entertaining part. (laughs) Because we watch a lot of shit movies so you don't have to, I guess, is the main bullet point that we're trying to get across here. It sounds like you're trying to sell car wax right now. Yes. I might be. <laughs> Do you have a lot of blood in your car? <laughs> Specifically on your car? Maybe human? We're not going to ask. Just really quickly, I wanted to go over some brief housekeeping stuff. Very first of all, last week we forgot to turn off the sound on our baby's video monitor. We can still see him. We just can't hear him whenever we turn the sound off. And so there was a slight hissing in the background for the first 15 minutes of the podcast. So if you heard that, I apologize. That was my fault. (laughs) Generally speaking, I try to remember to turn it off, but I forgot. Okay. Can we talk about the fucking movie yet? Uh, 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 uh. Okay. Yes. Yes, we can. So, This week, we watched the movie Oculus, which was a 2013 movie starring Karen Gillan, Bretton Thwaites, Katie... It is Karen Gillan. Gillan. Did I say Gillan? You did. Karen Gillan Hall. I watched a 13-second YouTube video of her going, it's Gillan. Hard G. (laughs) Karen Gillan. Anyway, continue. Karen Gillan. I meant to say that because I knew that (laughs) in the back of my head. So it's starring Karen Gillan, Bretton Thwaites, Katie Sackhoff, Rory Cochran, and then the younger versions of Kaylee and Tim are played by Annalise Basso and Garrett Ryan. Ooh, Basso. That's cool. It's kind of a cool name. It was directed... not so cool? Bretton Thwaites. (laughs) Sorry, Bretton. (laughs) I don't hate Bretton. Thwaites is just weird. Thwaites. Yeah, that's... that's, Anyways. But Thwaites... I'm sorry. Who was it directed by? It's directed by Mike Flanagan. It was also written by Mike Flanagan and Jeff Jeff Howard and others. The plot summary, according to IMDb, a woman tries to exonerate her brother who is convicted of murder by proving that the crime 
was committed by a supernatural phenomenon. That is not accurate at all. We'll explain that later. (laughs) And it's a premise that has certainly never been done before. Wait, which part of it is accurate? Accurate. Accurate. Uh, Well, accurately. (laughs) She's not trying to exonerate her brother. She's trying to redeem the name of her father. And exonerate her brother. Her brother is not in jail. (laughs) No, but he was committed of a crime. She was trying to exonerate her whole family. Basically. Yeah, proving that it wasn't just a psycho thing. It was a ghost. There's a bunch of shit that we need to talk about, but we're going to wait until a little bit later. Now, Max is actually going to go over some actor and movie relations between the different people that starred in the movie. And there are spoilers ahead, so if you haven't seen Oculus yet, maybe you want to go watch it before you finish the podcast. Maybe you don't care and say fuck it, and you'll just listen anyway. So... I keep pointing at you like people can see me. Like, <laughs> yes, yes, listen to this guy. Every time you point, I'm going to make an audio cue that so they know you're pointing. What's it going to be? Uh, I don't, you just have to try it. <laughs> 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 yes, as uh, Katie said, Karen Gillan plays Kaylee Russell, and many of you may know her as Nebula from Guardians of the Galaxy. I mean, she's been in a lot of other stuff, but that's probably the most notable one for me. For you, but she, I just want to add to that, that she actually was one of the Doctor Companions in Doctor Who, which is where a lot of people know her from. See, I don't watch Doctor Who. Yes, but... I have nothing against it, I just haven't watched it. (laughs) And she's actually very good in that. I like her a lot. I'm sure she is. Continue... Uh, Brenton Thwaites plays Tim Russell. I didn't really know him from a lot of stuff. The only thing really was Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Men Tell No Tales. Which, what number was that? Number five. Okay. Hundred. <laughs> and it's funny because it says Dead Men Tell No Tales, and yet the whole movie was a story of a dead man telling it, whatever. But anyway, was that the one with the mermaids starts? or was that number four? Mm, that was number four. Okay. I did not see five then. Uh, it's, don't. Don't bother. Personally, Max is saying don't waste your fucking time. So that's a quick review on Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Man Tell No Tales. Yes, podcast over. Goodbye. (laughs) That's the horror movie for this week, Pirates of the Caribbean. There's no thumbs up or thumbs down, it's just don't. Also, if any of you would like to let me know, I say Caribbean, maybe you say Caribbean, because that's what it's supposed to be, but I don't like it that way, so. Sounds too fun that way. Anyways. If I'm talking about the movie, I say Caribbean. If I'm talking about vacationing, it's the Caribbean. Exactly. probably a Johnny Depp thing. I don't know. Maybe. So anyway, we also have Katie Sackhoff, who was Girl from Futurama, the human female who cross-dresses as a female Omicronian and ends up in a steamy relationship with Lur. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was her. All right. Uh, I mean, obviously, just her voice, but uh, I mean, she's been a lot of other stuff. Riddick, The Flash, um, tons of other things. Who's she in The Flash? I don't know. I didn't write that down. Oh. <laughs> um, I also don't watch The Flash, but I'm assuming a lot of people do. So there's a lot of multiverse stuff that she could have been anyone. I will just make a quick note that she is actually, in my mind, really well known for her role in the remake of the Battlestar Galactica show. Oh, yeah. Oh. I did see that on there, too. I don't know that show well enough, and I apologize. It's not one of my fandoms, but I know that she was a pretty badass fighter. Pilot. I also have not seen that, but I have very strict taste, I think. Uh, All right. Rory Cochran. Oh, Katie Sackhoff was the mother in the movie, and then Rory Cochran was the father, Alan Russell. He played, most notably, I think, Tim Speedle on CSI Miami. Yes. Uh, yes. Okay. He's also been in a lot of other things, but yeah. I'm just picking out the things I think people would know them from, even if it's something I don't watch and I don't know their character's name, but in this case I do, and it's Tim Speedle. 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 <laughs> Annalise Basso, of course, young Kaylee. She was in Ouija, Origin of Evil, which I have not seen. Maybe that'll end up on this podcast at some point. Yes. We have seen the the original Ouija, but we haven't seen the Origin of Evil. Ouija, the word that no one knows how to spell. <laughs> Quidja. <laughs> <laughs> 
It, I think the P is silent, actually. <laughs> but, uh, and then you have Garrett Ryan playing young Tim, and he's probably most notable for the Insidious sequels. Okay. Insidious okay. 2 and 3. Okay. okay. I only know. saw him in... I only saw the... No, we saw the second Insidious, didn't we? It doesn't matter. Anyway. Find out more next time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the titillating tale of whether or not I've seen the second Insidious movie or not. <laughs> <laughs> The other thing I was going to say about the movie itself is I can't not think of examples of any horror-based thing with crap coming out of mirrors that's terrifying. Okay. That's uh, that's yep. it. All right. <laughs> I'm done. And now Vic is going to go over a little bit about the phobias of mirrors. I mean, there's really just the one. And it, interestingly enough, it's actually a lot more rare than what these movies would lead you to believe. Um, it's just the one phobia, actually. It's just the one phobia, actually. <laughs> I mean... And interestingly enough, it's not actually of the mirror itself, and it can be of multiple different varieties, I suppose. The main issue is that people are afraid of what they'll see in the mirror, i.e. their reflection not doing what they're doing. So the mirror has oh, some type of... One. Yeah, it's terrifying. Or just their reflection in general. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes that's Sorry. bad enough, depending on the day. You wake up and you're like, how did this happen? It must have taken years! Yeah. Anyway. So, no. Terrifying. Um... There are actually some levels of the phobia that people are afraid of what their words will be as they come back through the mirror, which I think is kind of interesting. Um, so, wait. So, you say something, but then your reflection actually speaks back to you? Or the words don't line up correctly, or what it would be saying would be different. Ooh. Yeah, so there's actually, like, there is, there's subsets of the phobia, even though it's rare. Some For some reason, there is actually sub well, not for some reason, but... There are actually subsets of it as well, which I thought was interesting. What is the name of the phobia? Clytophobia. Nope. Nope. That's not, what you, that's not what you told us. <laughs> Let's find out. Yeah, get the lady to say it again. It's called... I actually don't have it. Contractophobia. What? Not even close. <laughs> We're going to find this. It is called... Catotrophobia. Catotrophobia is what it's called. Catotrophobia. 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 Catotrophobia is what it's called. Catotrophobia. I believe Calliopatrophobia. What I said first, I believe, is the fear of clown. So, um, I have a question for you, Victor. What's that? Okay, so people have a fear of looking in a mirror, and like they turn their head, and maybe the reflection is slightly behind what it should have been. Right. It's scary. Wouldn't you saying words to a mirror, and it not saying them back, or saying different ones, be the same? Similar? Like, a subclass of the fear of the thing not doing what it's supposed to? I'm going to be honest with you. This is what I read about ten minutes ago, because I wanted to do more research into this, but have not had time. So... <laughs> I will put a pin in that response until I can actually research it further. <laughs> We're never going to talk about this. Again. Never no, again. Never. <laughs> Maybe six months from now, fan will say, whatever happened to that mirror conversation? And we'll go, it's, it's done. It was done six months ago. <laughs> so real quick, I generally like to go a little bit into the lore behind specific things from the movie. The lore that I was going to talk about was the Lasser Glass, but I found out the Lasser Glass actually isn't a real thing, which is super unfortunate because it's such a good idea. I was like, surely it has to be a real thing. It's not. <laughs> not like... <laughs> Like lightsabers. Like not actually yeah, right. killing people, but I thought for sure that it was like a real mirror and they just threw some scary shit on it. You know I see, what I mean? Okay, I see what you're saying. Okay. Like, um. <laughs> 
Like, it's I, just not like if I watched every horror movie I've ever watched was like that shit has to be real. <laughs> I'd probably be dead of terror by now a thousand times over. This is why I don't like being in the house alone because I believe everything. <laughs> That's true. So anyway, the laser glass itself is not real. Obviously, the, the mirror itself does not exist. Bummer. However, the mirror from the movie had some... What's the word that I'm looking for? Nope, nope, nope. What's the thing? Cameos. It had some cameos in some other movies. Because Ouija, Origin of Evil, the movie that young Kaylee starred... Well, was a part of, was actually also directed by Mike Flanagan, who directed this movie. The Lasser Glass makes an appearance in Ouija, Origin of Evil. Okay. So, okay. there's that. Interesting. Also... Mike Flanagan is a goddamn genius. I just want to say that. He is my new favorite horror director because he's amazing. He actually directed The Haunting of Hill House, the show on Netflix, which I referenced last time. I'll probably reference a million times. I've watched it four times since it came out. I'm obsessed. Wow. The Lasser Glass also makes an appearance in the house in that show. All right. I will say now that I do remember seeing it in that show. And it did not click for me. I don't remember seeing it, but somebody said that they thought that they saw it whenever Nell was dancing through the hallways. Yes. Is it possible for an animate object to have a cameo? I mean, I think it can. Like the Impala from uh, yeah. Supernatural. Yeah, absolutely. It's the same one, I think, yes. If it's a replica, I don't think it counts. They've gone through like 400 versions of Baby in that show, though. So it, Okay. And then, <laughs> is it the same mirror? Like, that it he's is, dragging around yes. from studio to studio... Unless yes. we're all shot in the same studio. He actually was the one that said that it was in um, Origin of Evil. And the girl who plays Theo in The Haunting of Hill House actually was the one that brought up the fact that he dragged the lasser glass to the set with him. So, I imagine like, that's, that's part of his rider. Like, <laughs> all right, just real quick, I'm just going to just sign this up. Wait, wait, what about a mirror? No, it's nothing. Just sign it. Just it's like going. 400 pounds. Just make sure you guys are strong enough to pick it up. <laughs> It's a gorgeous mirror. It really is. And so I, I no, think it's... No, it isn't. I think it's beautiful. It's old and dusty and it, the paint's worn off. All things that can be said about you. <laughs> that hurt my feelings. <laughs> it's true, but it hurts to hear it out loud. But anyway. So, yeah, there's... <laughs> I just wanted to point that out because I thought that was really, really cool. Like, I don't usually pay attention to directors and things like that unless they're, as we were talking about earlier, the big name directors. But I'm now going to be watching for his name because this movie is probably one of my favorite horror movies and Haunting of Hill House is my favorite thing and I'm, like, biting my nails waiting for the next season. I don't mean to keep harping on this, I guess. This mirror. Yes. So-called mirror. It's a mirror. You don't have to call it a so-called It's mirror. a so-called mirror because... <laughs> would it be the so-called lesser glass? That's its title? Lesser yeah. glass, but yes. Whatever. Lesser glass? I, when she said it, I thought she said lesser glass. And I was like, lesser than which, though? What are we comparing it to? Well, there's the greater glass. Oh, of course. <laughs> and the looking that's, glass. I think that's on the show at the Louvre or something. But... There's a spy glass. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot what I was going to say again. Sorry. <laughs> In the movie... It was near the beginning, so we can talk about it now. Didn't they pay $16,000 for this mirror? I yes. think I know where you're going, and I'm going to be really happy if, if, I, if I'm correct. So please continue. Yes, you're right. Maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm unrefined, and I am worn around the edges and paint chipped and everything, and I just don't get class and art, but... I wouldn't have you any other way. <laughs> this mirror can't be worth sixteen thousand. I don't understand how stuff like that is like. Because I'm rich saying people, a lot of bad words right now. 
rich people spend their money on stupid shit. You could buy a new mirror from Walmart that looks nicer than that and cost $10. Yeah, I'm, I think we actually talked about that during La Llorona when I was bitching about the mirror being on the door. <laughs> Probably, yes. <laughs> well, there's, there's three things that you can put on any object to make it more expensive. For babies, or baby in general. Wedding... Or for weddings in general. Okay, I thought you meant F-O-U-R babies, like the number four <laughs> babies. And four I was babies. Like, I thought, what was the distinction of four babies exactly versus Exactly four three? babies. Yeah. <laughs> Intended for babies or babies. So baby mirror will be a lot more expensive than a mirror that looks exactly the same, just doesn't have that title on it. That's true. Or uh, a wedding mirror. I don't know what that would be, but if it has it on, has I guarantee, guarantee it's going to be Ugh. at least 25% more expensive. Or antique. If you put antique in front of anything, it becomes more expensive. That's my opinion on those three words. Ugh. Thanks for joining. <laughs> I don't know that I would pay. Next well, week I mean, on historical <laughs> antiques <Musings>. roadshow. <laughs> yeah. I would never pay sixteen thousand dollars for a mirror because I can't afford it. However, <laughs> if I were a millionaire and like sixteen thousand dollars was a drop in the bucket for me, I might buy that mirror because I think it's pretty. Yeah, I mean, if it's considered like a work of art or something like that, or or maybe they're actually paying for the lineage that the mirror has gone through different because they say that it's part of the something estate lesser estate well no i thought she said she was saying the estate from what it was oh. from recently what it was being sold from obviously it's yes but i can't remember the name now um oh, i do remember her saying it's from bavaria like the cream but that's i stopped listening after that part because i started thinking about donut i can see that thinking about donut i mean i'd be much more interested in spending money on donuts sixteen thousand dollars though it's a lot of cream <laughs> i mean let's add up all the money i've spent on donuts my entire life <laughs> Pretty close. Probably not far off from Mark. That's actually not where I thought you were going with that. What I, what I was going to say was there's no one in their right mind that works for an auction house like that and would see something someone paid $16,000 for and then duct tape moving pads around it and think that it was safely stored enough to be transported to it be repaired. pads. It was blankets. Yeah, it, it was like blankets. a moving blanket. Yeah. All right. So real quick. $16,000. <laughs> Let's go back a little bit before that. First of all, this was partially produced by WWE Productions. Is that what I think it is? The yeah. World Wrestling Entertainment. Yeah. Okay, so I wasn't. I said Federation. I saw that and I'm like, is this wrestling or? Yeah. So, okay. No, I, and that's Vic and I were talking about that, and <laughs> we were discussing why they would put their fingers in that pot. But I was wondering if maybe they were trying to expand at one point. Pot. Pie. 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 I think you traditionally put your fingers in pies. You could also put your fingers in pies. <laughs> Fox in the hen house or something. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, yeah, so. <laughs> but we were trying to figure out why they would bother, and I was just wondering if maybe they were trying to expand their horizon a little bit, and maybe, I don't know. Get a little culture going on. Yeah, I don't know. Very, very strange. But then after that, and it's, it's also partially produced by Blumhouse Productions and Intrepid Productions and... What else has Blumhouse worked on? <clears throat> Everything. It sounds so familiar. Everything. Literally. It's like Rough Draft Korea. Any animated show, like, it's, it's crazy yeah. with them. Um, <laughs> you most likely remember it because it was one of the production companies from the last movie we watched. Well, you run And every other one from the Conjuring universe. Rough Draft Korea? No, Blumhouse uh, No, Studio Ghibli. <laughs> I don't know what that laugh was. I might edit it out. Um, so anyway. <laughs> it is written on there verbatim. Just, yes, we have a sign up telling us what not to say. 
including so anyway. But just looking at it makes me want to say them all. <laughs> In order. Like, um, so anyway, and, uh... <laughs> Then, after all the production shit, we start with the typical start of the thing stinger, and it's the kids in the house, and the kid has a gun, and then, whoop-bam, he's in the office of his doctor. The doctor was actually played by the guy who played the district attorney in the show Medium. More importantly, Which I also did not see. he played the, because he's like a foreman of the digging crew in see? Jurassic Park that Gennaro goes to meet. No shit! Yeah. yeah! He's the one who's like... He says about it being stuck in amber, and he's like, oh, you'll never get Grant out of the field. He's like, why is that? Because he's a digger like me. And, like, he's holding up. <laughs> I had him. no idea that was it him. It was him? That's wow. Him. I should have known that. That was my responsibility to know that. That's all right. That was a much more bit role, but it definitely was more important than him playing the district attorney for, like, seven seasons of Medium. <laughs> yeah, it was just kind of him constantly being surprised. He'd be like... How do you know that? Wow, your powers are amazing. How do you know that? Wow. <laughs> I need episode. you to go do your psychic thing and get me out of trouble. I wish I could be constantly blown away. You're the best state <laughs> of mind. Someone hands you a glass of water. Like, wow, this is the best water. Anyway, it <laughs> opens with one of your favorite tropes, Max. The kid is involved in a thing and gets sent away and then comes back to the scene of the crime. Oh, yay. It wouldn't be a horror movie without it. Although, I do want to point out, I think that it's important. Between Mercy Black and Oculus, I think the way that they handled him being released from the mental institution that he's been at for many, many years... Uh, I have that written down here, too. ...was actually handled much better. Where they actually... They're not like, surprise! <laughs> you're getting kicked out at the end of the day. And they're like, what? what? And they actually gave him some very good advice on his way out. Yeah. And that was that you've been here for the last... What was it? 11 years? Yeah. And you've had all this help. But your sister has made, has had to make it on her own. Right. And she's probably got a couple screws loose. So don't I think his exact words were, she cracked. Yeah. Yes. That was definitely his exact words. Might be the best advice anyone's ever gotten that they never listened to so yeah another one of the things yeah. that i think that you hate the most in movies which is not taking advice freely given and is it very accurate <laughs> and it's not well to be fair he does kind of try he does in the very beginning and then she's like a goddamn succubus of sorts and like lures well, him back no, into the house no no that's not not they're supposed to be a brother and sister that's not very succubus well, it's <laughs> fucking awkward it's the same concept she no, like not. lures him into the house she's a devil on his shoulder maybe Okay, whatever. She's also very pushy and annoying, but we'll get to my thoughts on that later. I, okay, I'm just gonna get out of the way. I hate her haircut in this movie. Her fucking bangs piss me <laughs> off. She has basically a mullet, and I can't stand it. What did you think of that ponytail? When you first see the back of her head when she's walking into the auction house, and it is just swinging like a goddamn <laughs> pendulum. <laughs> I was, that was the first thing I saw in the middle. I'm like, what the hell is going on with her hair? You know I what just, I thought? I, just, I thought Bryce Dallas Howard from Jurassic World. What? Was that the last one? Jurassic World? That was the first one she was the, in. Yeah, the first one. That's immediately what I thought. Because from the back, they look identical with that haircut. Because their, their state of hair is very similar. Hmm. Mm. I can see that. That's what I thought. And I forgot what movie we were watching. I, I do just want to get out there that I think that Karen Gillan is a gorgeous woman. Beautiful. But they did a terrible job with her hair in this movie, and it made me so mad. Like, It'd be very funny if we it. found out later that she did her own hair. Well, <laughs> if she is, she's definitely listening to this. You did a terrible <laughs> job with your own hair, if that's the case. Well, you're our <laughs> she's a very lovely woman. <laughs> she is. She's gorgeous. I agree with the hair thing, now. <laughs> you're our actor relations specialist. You can smooth that over with <laughs> I have never once smoothed anything over in my entire life, and you know it. <laughs> no. It's like plowing a field of broken glass. Anyway. 
one thing that I want to say, too, at the very beginning is that they do a very good job of the back and forth between time periods. And <laughs> that's actually something that Mike Flanagan apparently enjoys doing because all of The Haunting of Hill House is the same way, too. It's it's that transition between the young them and the older them. And I think that he does that very seamlessly in both of them. Here's where I'm going to disagree with you. I have okay. a dissenting opinion. Okay. And you've also given me the best reason I have now to not watch The Haunting on Hill House, of Hill House, or whatever. Aside from very... the fact that you don't like the actress that plays the one sister. Um, that was the reason that you gave me before. Is it the lady from Hush? Oh, what is the the oldest sister? You don't like her for some reason. If it's the lady from Hush, I like her. I don't. I have to watch. Right. The, I have to refresh my complaints. But anyway, the the time moving back and forth in this mm-hmm. was very confusing to me. Really? Yes. Somebody bought the mirror at the auction, and then they're moving it in to a house. And I thought, oh, well, here it goes in the house. Oh. Yeah, it, so it took me a while to catch up. I'm like, okay, wait, this is the past. Yeah. This is the future. Yeah, okay. <sighs> I can see how that would be confusing. Am I remembering right? Is there one scene where it says 11 years earlier? Yeah, right before they're moving in into the house. Okay. It is also, it's a it's white font <laughs> on a white background, and it's kind of difficult to see, so I don't blame you for that. But I also hate that, I guess it's a trope, like, let us figure it out. Like, if you're going to show a scene, and that's the only time you're ever going to mention it, it's 11 years earlier, just let us figure it out. I think, like, though, that for some people, like Max, who didn't notice that it was there, it made it very confusing for him that they transitioned to the past. And they just do it the one time because you get introduced to all of the younger versions of the characters, and then they don't need to do it again after that. I guess that's fair. Even though they do. but Well, they don't ever say 11 years earlier again. I think is what That's true. Saying. Okay, okay. They switch back and forth all the fucking time. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, once I established mostly the dad and um, the mother, uh, Kate Sackhoff, I was like, oh, okay. That's, we're, in the, we're in the past. I get it. Yeah. All right. Yeah. They also do the christening of the house trope in the very beginning. The, we just moved into a new house and, like, we just got done moving and unpacking all of the shit and we're exhausted, but we're still going to have sex. Right, yeah. <laughs> Gag. <laughs> 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 everything's okay. New house, everything's going to be great. And it's not going to be. It's never great. No. No. <laughs> so, yeah, okay. They release Kaylee's brother, Tim. Yes. He finally gets out, 11 years in the mental ward. The doctor explains to him and to the board, I guess, yeah. whoever they the are. The people who are making the decision about whether or not to let him free. Yeah. yeah. He explains to them that Tim has finally, in his subconscious mental state, accepted the responsibility for his actions on that day. Or days. And he believes that he's come to terms with it and that he's prepared to go. And I I agree. That's a very, you know, just reasoning. And I would agree with it, too. I would, too. Yeah. yeah. I would, however, disagree with the fact that they would send a fucking 10-year-old away for killing their dad after their dad just killed their mother and was then trying to kill them. Yeah. I think that he would have been let out. I think so, too. Well, with therapy offered. Okay. I, I disagree in the sense that if... You picked up a little boy who had just shot his father in self-defense, righteously self-defense. Like, you go through that house and you look at what happened and you're like, oh, yeah, there's no questions of self-defense. But that same little boy is telling you that the woman in the mirror corrupted their father and made him lock their mother away. And that's why he killed her. And if you go and you look at the mirror and he's babbling this, there's a pretty good chance they're going to think that he's too rattled to be on his own. Okay. That's a fair point, too. That is, but... 
wouldn't they also then lock up Kaylee for her delusions? Because they would have had to interview her to find, like, her side of the story. She seemed a little bit more determined to not get involved get involved with anyone who would counter her idea of destroying this mirror. Except her brother. Except her brother, much later on. And her but, boyfriend. Well, she and the auction house. Ever, she, tell him. she didn't tell <laughs> God. Her, her fiance shit. No. He didn't no, know anything. just to call her every hour on the hour. Yeah. Yeah. And make sure she's not still crazy. We have, you know, like... <laughs> to make sure that her, her brother didn't kill her is what is the reason that she gave. Well, but that was a bullshit reason, though. Yes. That's what she told him. Right. Yes. I also love how he plays that off. He's like, geez, in the room. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing personal. Uh, you say that. He's totally calm about that. But um, we're getting ahead of yeah, him. Yeah, we are. We are. So he, Tim gets out for good reasons. Yes. And connects with his sister, also very good. And she set money aside from the estate. She's done a bunch of shit mm-hmm. to make sure that he's set up for stuff whenever he gets out, which I really appreciate. Look for apartments for him. Help yep. him get a job. Yeah, this and that. Get him a cell phone. Mm-hmm. So that was all very good for about five minutes of him being with her. Yeah. Because I think they were still talking over dinner. They just got done talking about all the good shit that they were going to do with him. Mm-hmm. And she's like, but before you move on with your life, let's go back and revisit everything you just got over. And she gets crazy-eyed about it. She's really good at that. Yeah, that was actually something I wanted to say, was that these two actors have, all the actors, really, uh, the the young versions of um, Tim and Kaylee and um, their parents are all, like, the chemistry they have is amazing. The chemistry that the grown-up versions of Tim and Kaylee have is amazing. Like, they, together, like, that scene where she says, I found it. He knows exactly what she's talking about, but that slow pan up that he does and like the terror you see in his eyes, because deep down inside, he's not 100% sure that everything that he's been told and everything that he's come to terms with in the past 11 years is true. And even if it is, he's still just fucking terrified of that mirror. Well, and not only that, but the part of him that isn't even necessarily terrified of the mirror, it's terrified of the fact that his sister is now still living this delusion that he just spent 11 years eradicating from his brain. And dear God, you're still fucking crazy, basically. Fair point, yeah. So. Yeah. So. Then, uh, uh, so she goes and she gets the mirror. They have their little fight in the motel room or whatever it was. Mm -hmm. She goes to get the mirror and that's where we have our first spook. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. it was a good spook. Mm-hmm. It's probably one of my favorites. It was very subtle. It was subtle. That's it. That's all I was gonna say. Yeah, I agree. It's the the sheeted <laughs> person in the the auction hall where she's standing looking at the mirror and she's talking to it like it's a person. And you see the two statues when she first walks in, and then in the mirror behind her, you see a third person under yeah. a sheet. If we haven't made this clear, she works for an auction house that came into possession of the mirror. She must have studied like art history or something. And that's how maybe she met her fiancé. Her fiancé, by the way, is played by Nathan Lafferty, who was one of the stars of One Tree Hill. But he also was in The Haunting of Hill House. Mike Flanagan likes to reuse his actors, apparently. It's the regular stable of Mike Flanagan actors. Mm-hmm. So. And actresses. So here's actually where I want to interject <laughs> with something that may just be me overanalyzing. But I wanted to ask you guys what you thought. And absolutely, our listeners, like, write in and let us know. When she sees that third model that's covered under the sheet and we can clearly see that there's only two and she sees it moving you can absolutely all three models heads move under those sheets Mm -hmm. at first Mm -hmm. she turns around she can see it she's starting to pull these off 
That's before, according to her understanding of how the mirror works, that's before it's active, before it's become alive again. So I wanted to ask you guys, is she maybe just a little bit insane? She might be. At this point, it seems like she might be, but my opinions of later on in the movie is that she is batshit insane. Okay. So at that point... Because the doctor was right. She didn't have any help this right. whole time, and her brother did. And it just kept getting worse and worse, compounding itself as she somehow laser focused, not somehow, but she used all that pain and trauma. And the way that she coped was to focus on everything in her life was to get her to that moment to get that mirror. And then when it's in front of her, I was wondering as I was watching that scene, if it really was the mirror infecting her or or, uh, changing reality to try to terrify her, or if it was her just having paranoid delusions. Well, there are definitely some things that they do for convenience in this movie. And uh, like, I'm not going to say that it's not without its faults. One of them is, is pretty shortly after that. She convinces Tim to come to the house. Right. Then she starts recording and she starts going. Can I point out the sure. end of their phone conversation? She says, I forget exactly how she worded it, but you know, why don't you swing by the house? And he goes, okay, what's the address? And she's like, no, the house. Their conversation ended right then and there. Like he put the phone down and like hung up. Yeah. But <laughs> I have no questions about that. No. Also, to be fair, to be Max and I have known each other for a long time. And if you were ever said something like that to me and hung up the phone without at least saying like goodbye, I'd be kind of hurt and pissed. Like if you were just like, <laughs> yeah, just go get it. Click. Click. <laughs> Fucking prick. Well, she's like, proved herself to be a very insensitive person already at this point. Yes. So. It's, it's just true. A, it happens in movies a lot. Like they just hang up and you're like, what the hell? Yeah. Oh, before that, too, she has her night terror, and we were discussing whether or mm. not you should restrain somebody while they're having a night terror. I actually looked it up. You should never try to wake somebody having a night terror. That's what I ever. thought. You are supposed to stand at a safe distance and speak to them calmly until they come out of it on their own. <laughs> um, do you maybe want to wake up? <laughs> maybe you're a little scared right now. <laughs> um, if you're a business owner, you know how hard it can be to market yourself and increase sales. And who really has time for all of that with all the other responsibilities that come with running a business? Katie's one-on-one services are available to help you reach your goals. She offers branding, marketing, and sales strategies for all types of businesses. Maybe you're looking to grow your social media following or get a new website designed. Katie can do that and more. Go to katiemorell.com slash one-on-one to schedule your consultation today. That's C-A-I-T-Y-M-O-R-R-E-L-L.com slash O-N-E-O-N-O-N-E to schedule your consultation. Yeah, so she she goes to the house and so just kind of rewinding to explain where I'm going with this, um, you had said about there being an issue in some of the continuity stuff with it. But one of the things that she does is she's going through the list of all the people that died. And she's being very matter of fact, just dropping them. This person died at this time. This person died at this time. You shut the fuck up. This person died at this time because he keeps interrupting her. Yeah. And she's like, let me keep talking. Like <laughs> she goes through all but one of the deaths. And the only reason, the only reason that I could see that she would leave the one death out. It was the teacher was for dramatic effect for the movie yeah. because He picks up the stool. She was like, okay, well, then why don't you just break it or whatever? And he, like, takes the stool and he walks over to it and he sets the stool down. And she says, why did you put the stool down? And he was like, because you have to break out of your own delusion. And then she's like, the mirror has a way of disarming itself. And then goes on the rant about the teacher trying to hurt it and how he walked out into traffic. Or rather disarming people who are trying to do it harm. Yeah. So. Yes, that was rather yeah. lazy writing. There's no way that she could have known that at that point he would interrupt her with that. Like, there, there's no way. No. That she could have known that. <laughs> it was just, yeah, it was just for dramatic effect. Yeah. And, but um, it was at this stage of the movie, I really started to not like her at all. 
Okay. Because she's going through the deaths. Mm-hmm. Right. Telling the mirrors killed this person, this person, this person, this person. And then she's explaining to the cameras everything that she's doing. She has two cameras, uh, each on a separate power circuit. Three cameras. Whatever. However many, all this crap that she has set up, all these lights. Four timers. Backup lights, a timer that activates the kill switch for the mirror, a timer that reminds them to eat, a timer that reminds them... To drink, and one that reminds them to change the tapes. Yeah, change the tapes. Yeah. I started getting really pissed off. Why? Because... I don't. I can't really quantify it, but like you have an alarm that goes off every hour to remind you to eat. It doesn't make any sense. Because so one of the people starved to death, and one of the people dehydrated to death, even though they were in a bathtub full of water. Every hour, you have to eat something. They they just have snacks. They don't have like meals. They have like apples and granola bars. So they're just eating something small to sustain them until the next hour. Let's sit here for eight hours, and I will feed you a power protein bar. Once an hour for eight hours. And I bet by hour four, you'll be fucking sick of them. Well, yeah, but we're also not trying to kill a murderous mirror. You so. don't think so, do you? Hmm. Did you buy the lasser glass? Did you spend $16,000 on a lasser glass? <laughs> We've already established I would not on a worthless antique. but <laughs> It's obviously not worthless if people are willing to pay money for it. Ugh. Also, whenever you, just real quick, you had said about all of the equipment, and I did a little bit of math on it. She spent on just... Can I guess? Got it, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, let's let's play. What's that game? Uh, Price is right. Yeah, yeah. All right. Closest without going over. Closest without going over. I just did estimates. I just want to let you know. I found things closest to what she had available. Okay, so you're looking at the prices of what what these would have been in 2013, or what they are now? What they are now. So... Okay. 18,000. No. I'm going to say, uh, don't say that. He had to get, I was going to say 25 because (sighs) were you also taking into account the cost of uh, her, she had lights, she had wiring or well, not wiring, she had extension cables and cords. She had all the tapes that she bought. She had the rations that she bought. She had like the anchor. She had all the equipment that she had for the anchor. She had a specially made analog kill switch that was attached to a, a timer. Like that whole box was Custom made. I don't know who you would go to get that made at. Okay. Maybe. I didn't even think about the fact that it would have to be custom done. Right. I just did. So I did the cameras, the floor lights, the lanterns, the potted plants, the food and water, Mm -hmm. and then the two Mac computers that she had. Okay. And the dog. Well, well uh, yeah, I didn't really like include any of that, but the the timers, the hardware, the dog, Mm -hmm. all of that stuff. Um, But just for the stuff that I included was $2,000. And that doesn't include... The timers, the hardware, the dog, the electricity that they had going to the house, all of the batteries, all of the extra tapes. Like, there's so much that she spent money on and all of the money that she spent to maintain this fucking house from the time she turned 18 until now when she's 23. So that's five years that she has spent money paying property taxes, making sure that water lines don't bust during the winter, like winterizing the house or keeping the water running and keeping heat on. So she has spent thousands of dollars. She probably had an estate. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah, she had her inheritance from whatever. Yeah, that. And, and but she... her parents spent $16,000 on a crappy mirror, so they probably had a lot of money to leave them when they... Yeah. I... Were brutally murdered. I don't understand how it works necessarily. Do you think that they had to pay monthly for Tim to be in the psych ward? Or do you think that he had some sort of insurance that was paying for that? I don't know. 
These are the questions that you've come to this podcast to hear about. I mean, really. <laughs> to hear us not answer. <laughs> also, what kind of permits do you have to have to own an antique mirror like that? Like, really, let's get into it. Like, you have to have, like, an old fart permit. And is it part of the historical society? Certificate of authenticity. Are you not allowed to clean it because it has the original dirt on it? Snotty taste license, all that stuff. <laughs> but how? The, Just to be clear, I'm not racking on anybody that buys old antiques like that. If that's what you like, knock yourself out. But also, if you're just saying this particular mirror, dollars on a mirror, like <laughs> yeah, it's I mean, not even shiny anymore. The paint, whatever. But as I previously previously stated, if I were a millionaire, I'd own that mirror. So <laughs> <laughs> at this point, they also oh, you were gonna say something before I started saying about the cost of everything. Do you remember what it was? I have no idea what it was. Okay, cool. I'm sorry. Let's move on. Yeah. <laughs> so, why do ghosts hate dogs so much? all the time there were multiple dogs that she talked about they all fucking disappeared including their dog mason mm-hmm. the poor thing i just think that that was some of the first visions i think that tim had in the house he started hallucinating the dog i don't know if that was a, supposed to be a hallucination i think that was actually just supposed to be the throughway between current reality and not reality but current time frame and us getting pulled into the past like i think that was him seeing in like his memory the dog walking by because as the dog walks by it pans over and it immediately pans into the past where we see the family again she saw the dog walk by she did he saw it laying on the floor yes i still maintain what i was saying about the dog laying on the floor i think when he sees that he that's when he kind of goes back to the past in his mind and we kind of hold along with him are we done talking about the dogs no i have a point i want to make about the dog that i think is going to make kitty very upset so you know how Tim lets the dog out of the cage, right? And it runs away and she's all upset? I think they imagined that. Yeah. Well, I don't think they imagined it. I think that was a warped reality mirror created. And I'm pretty sure that dog is dead. Yeah. Because we don't ever see on the camera him let it out of the cage. We only no. see them arguing and then putting the, the cameras facing each other. We don't ever see the dog get So no. I'm pretty sure, can't say for sure, but I'm fairly certain that it is into yeah. whatever phantom realm that mirror sucks them. Catropophied or whatever that word is. Catotrophobia. Catotrophobic. Catotrophobia. I'm on it now, guys. Catotrophobia. <laughs> it was at this point that I realized that I also hated Tim's hair. <laughs> yeah, it was. <laughs> I Mr. feel like it was, hair. <laughs> it was a very 90s look for a 2013 movie. Uh, but we just complained in Mercy Black that she was very fashionable in vogue when she got out. That's true. I guess and he was not. Yeah. Way to bring it back and use our own words against him. Boom! That's how I do best. I guess... Max out. That I is... just dropped my pen, so you all know. Pick up the mic and drop it, see how that goes. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, yeah, I guess whenever he went in, it would have been 2001, so it would have been the end of the 90s, and he would have thought that that was the cool thing to do to his hair. That was a very, like... <laughs> Eric Matthews from Boy Meets World haircut. <laughs> Sean Hunter from Boy Meets World haircut. Yeah. So, anyway. Yeah, very much so. My complaint at this point in the movie. Okay. She has started obsessing over recording this thing and later destroying it. Mm-hmm. I felt like this part of the movie dragged on. It was slow. Okay. Which part? All of it. Are you talking about after they realize it's it's real? I mean, after that, it starts to pick up a little bit. Okay. The movie was only like 83 minutes long. It felt longer than that to me. Because <laughs> she's talking about all her preparations and this and that. And she's like, okay, let's eat. Okay, let's get a call for my fiance. This and that. And then as they're going on, 
And he's trying to reason with her, and she's being unreasonable, and this and that. I just, I thought it was slow, because they, they go back to the past, they go back to this, and I'm like, man. I feel like there there was very little other way that they could have done it, though, because they were trying to give you the the history of it at the same time as giving you the present of it, and it was, it would have been really difficult for them to speed it up any without, like... Because they have to set up the affair, they have to set up the mom going crazy, they have to set up the dad getting possessed, they have to set up the dog dying. Like, there's a million things that they have to set up. It's a lot of upsetting. Before they can, <laughs> before they can tear it all down at the end. So it's, I don't know. I think that they did the best that they could with running two different timelines. Yeah, that sounds like an excuse. <laughs> I think that it's reasonable. It'll go. I have another complaint later on that I'll I'll make, which maybe adds to my reasoning that it was slow. Okay. Okay. I first started to take a real interest in what was going on when they were changing light bulbs. Oh. Yeah. That's where I first, like, if I was being very lazy in my chair, I was like, ooh, what is this now? Yeah. So you're telling me that you didn't, and I was actually talking to Kitty about this earlier. I said that I wanted to be a fly on the wall when you watched this movie because I wanted to hear the. I almost guarantee the in like the the barely audible squeak of either excitement or slight terror when the dad is the walking baby? around when he's walking no not even that mm-hmm. when he's walking around downstairs and trying to find something to drink and grabs a juice box out of the fridge and then he goes to go upstairs and kicks a box and then just before he looks up as he rounds the stairs the Marisol, Marisol the woman who died of complications with her pregnancy. Um, is standing in the doorway with her like weird reflective mirror eyes, and she looks fucking terrifying. And it's not a jump scare. <sighs> it's not even like she's like rah or anything like. It. She's just there. <laughs> she's and not like rah, guys. Not, well, it's enough to make you feel uneasy, but yeah. not enough for you to go rah. Like <laughs> there was a lot of moments in that movie that I really appreciated. Yeah, because where it was very subtle terror. Yeah. yeah, subtle. So you're telling me that that, like, didn't well, even get that? You, that didn't yeah. get you interested? Um. Uh, I... Mm, I have to formulate an opinion on the spot. I'm not good at it. <laughs> I, I was, I liked it. That part. Okay. Moments like that. Okay. So like, I saw that, and if I was being blasé about it, I was like, oh, oh. okay. But okay. I wasn't really like, ooh, until the apple part. Okay. okay. Pause for a second. I agree though. That is a really great scene, and it does start to really set up some of the really creepy stuff that can happen, and some of the mind-altering shit that this mirror can do and make people hurt themselves. Yeah. It also, it added a little bit of that gore aspect to it, so that if people are are a fan of gory movies, then there's a little bit of that in there for them. I call it gore. Gore. (laughs) I'm (laughs) typically not a huge fan of super gory stuff. I prefer the paranormal stuff. I hate when things deal with eyeballs or fingernails, and I know that they do that because it bothers people. I would prefer all of the jump scares to a needle in the eyeball. That's just me. Um... (laughs) It just, it, it really got me hooked at that point when she's replacing bulbs, mm-hmm. picks up her apple when she's walking away and goes to take a bite and... Yeah. And there's shattered glass on the floor and big yeah. sliver in her mouth. Yeah. Too much. Just kittens, it was an apple. Yeah. And that, in my mind, showed that the mirror had personality and that it just wanted to fuck with her because of what she was doing to it. Yeah. 
Like, it didn't even really want to, like, it wanted to hurt her, but wanted her to know that it could fuck with her at any point and make her do some pretty terrible stuff. I was trying to shoo the cat away, so me going in the background is probably (laughs) super irritating to everybody, including my co-hosts here, but I was just trying to make the cat go away so he didn't on the couch. Every time you do it, I think you're talking to me, so. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm talking to the cats. Sorry. I'm sorry. (laughs) Oh, I also like when, it must have been right around this because I have it grouped in the same paragraph, but when they're kids again, or just the once time in the past that we're seeing... They go to their dad and they say, we're out of food. And he goes, it's on my list. And they go, we have to get a doctor for mom. And he goes, it's on my list. And he's just staring at the mirror the whole time. Uh-huh. I forget what else she said. I think there was one more thing. Yeah. And he's like, it's on my list. Yeah. I, I like that. I don't know. Yeah. Just... I got a little bit frustrated. So the, the first couple of things that we see that are in the past is the dad with the fingernail. He starts mm. biting off his fingernail. And then he uses the... the... <laughs> I have to refrain from calling them vein pullers because one of my friends who used to work in the prison system said that that's what they called them in there. If one of the prisoners got a hold of them, they Ooh. would grab a hold of your artery and your neck using them. Why would you do that? Anyway. Well, that's a horribly graphic description. <laughs> Sorry. The staple remover. <laughs> it is and a staple goes, remover. And he goes to pull his... Uh, his band-aid off of his finger and pulls his fingernail off, but doesn't actually pull his fingernail off. And it's the first time that the 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 house is, like, fucking with somebody's head, because he goes to pull it off and he's like, ah! And then he looks down again and the band-aid's back on his finger. No, you're definitely not remembering that. Right? No? It's the opposite. He pulls the band-aid off and then he looks at his finger and the band-aid's back on and he looks where he put the band-aid and it's not there. And he goes, oh, I must have just not taken it off. And he has a really hard time pulling it off. And that's, that's what why he uses the staple remover. He got the staple okay. puller. And it's actually his fingernail he's working on. And all he does is put a new band-aid on. Like, oh, okay. 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 On the one hand, he's kind of a badass. But on the other hand, he's probably starting to get affected by the mirror and is no longer feeling pain yeah. the same way. Yeah. But, like, yeah, he's definitely ripped his own fingernail off. And yeah. He's like, oh, whatever, put another band-aid on. And then there was also the scene with them playing laser tag. And she sees Marisol standing behind him through the mirror in his office. Yeah, it starts to, like, attach itself to him and starts leeching whatever it needs from him. Then, later on, there are subtle conversations that happen between Kaylee and her mother about her seeing Marisol and about the quote-unquote affair Alan was having. Then, later on, after Marisol starts, or not Marisol, Marie starts kind of losing her mind a little bit, she's just openly talking to her children about the affair that she thinks that their father is having, which is awkward as hell. Yeah. And she also started not feeding them. It started with her. Uh, so yeah, because there was just a bowl with, like, toasted toast. bread. Yeah. Burnt toast. Burnt and she's toast. drinking wine. Yeah. <laughs> and the kids are maybe eating cereal. And so she's starting the process of starving them. And then he kind of continues with it after she's locked away upstairs. Yeah. Well, I mean... So this was 2013, so... This would have been... 2001. So, I mean, it was a different time back then. You could have toast for dinner and drink wine. Like, it was perfectly fine. <laughs> it was the early 2000s. It was the 2000s. Honestly, the sometimes that's what I have for dinner now. Wine and toast. <laughs> <laughs> and we're almost back into the roaring 20s here. <laughs> so this might be another one of those nitpicky things where I overanalyze, and I don't think that, Kitty, you particularly care much about this, but Max... Mm-hmm. With your background mm-hmm. in um, mechanical engineering, um, 
I'm going to say yes. Go on. Uh-huh. That one time you had that erector set. <laughs> that one time. I built one thing. So she drops the... And I, I'm not um, a, a ship aficionado. The down Dan, Danforth anchor? Downforth anchor? Oh, she calls it a Danforth anchor. I think, I think so. Cool sounding name. So cool. It's a cool setup. I like her idea. I like where she's going with it. I like the idea that she's forcing this thing to simultaneously come out and interact with them. And also, in her mind, there was obviously a flaw in her thinking, but she's forcing it to also keep them alive. Because in her mind, otherwise it will die. Because yeah. this thing's going to fall and break it. But that setup doesn't make sense to me for the simple fact that when it falls, she walks over and takes a airplane cable, connected to a carabiner, clips it to the anchor, mm-hmm. and starts using a wench to pull it back up into the ceiling. Mm-hmm. At what point does she get that carabiner back off the anchor and allow it to fall? Like, what <laughs> system holds it? Like, she's not, there's no ladder in the room. How's she getting back up there and taking I mean, that back off? We also didn't see her hang the mirror in the first place. That's true. Well, no, we didn't. We didn't see that. But, I mean, this is kind of like an important setup. Like, how... That's just me. That's me nitpicking about the setup that she has, I guess. Like, I would have liked to see a ladder in the room... Or whatever, because a lot of these, a lot of things in this movie are really well thought out, and I would have appreciated at least seeing a stepladder, so you'd be like, oh, that's how she's getting that off the anchor. I see what you're saying, and I don't really have a thought about it. Okay, okay, uh, that's fine. The only thought I have on her anchor system is that she's taken all of these precautions mm-hmm. to have this situation be as safe as possible, and yet put a weighted spike lightly attached to the ceiling on a timer, where... Anybody could walk in front of it at any time. But she's got a timer to let them, I would assume, it's like five seconds before it goes off, or ten seconds before it goes off. I'm guessing it's minute. probably more than that, yeah. I think she says it's one minute. Or 30 seconds? Crap, I don't remember now. Yeah, I don't know. It's I either think a minute or 30 seconds. Time. She says a, the, the timer goes off to remind her that in, in either a minute or 30 seconds that the, the anchor's going to fall. So she's actually got five timers. The one timer is specifically set to let her know that the anchor is about to fall, and then the anchor is on its own time. And I believe, if I remember correctly, it's like it's either a minute or thirty seconds. And so, it's a thirty-five minute timer, which I think is a really weird amount of time. It's a really weird amount of time. It's a very short amount of time. Yeah. Whenever you're Would thinking, you feel safe if we were in this room and once an hour somebody stood up over there and launched an arrow vaguely in our direction? Um, <laughs> Because no. after about an hour goes by, 50 minutes goes by, we kind of probably forget it's going to happen. All of a sudden, there it goes again. Like, it's not safe. <laughs> no. So having this anchor precariously hung, just waiting for the timer to run out, I just... Yeah. Also, I want to make the point that I very often set an alarm for, like, two minutes or, or five minutes to remind me that my food is almost done, and then it goes off, and I'm like, what the fuck is that for? <laughs> so, like, I wouldn't be trusted to remember that in 35 minutes this alarm is telling me that I'm about to die. Yeah. There was one scene that I kind of wanted to talk about a little bit where Tim runs upstairs. Oh, adult Tim runs upstairs, and he's in his... He runs into Brenton his... Brenton Thwaites. Yeah. Okay. He runs into his own room, like his, his childhood room, and his younger self is sitting in there and looks at him, and I, I couldn't figure out if his younger self actually saw himself. Because they made it seem like they interacted with one another. A little bit, yeah. I can't say I remember that part so well. It was during the, the last part of the movie where the, the great kerfuffle happens, where they get split up. <laughs> the great kerfuffle. The kerfuffle. Yes, where they look in through the window and they're like, oh shit, we're both standing in front of that <laughs> that spike that you attached to the... That's, <laughs> yes, the Danforth anchor with the 20-pound yeah. weights on it. It's going to kill us both. And, they're, and that's... 
one of the things I love about this movie is how it plays with stuff like that, where they're both like, shit, does it want us to go back in and get near that thing and protect it from the Danforth anchor? Or is it trying to kill us? And if we stay out here, we're fine. Which do we do? Like, which is going to keep us safer? And there really is no good answer. Like, there really is no safe choice. If I was listening correctly, it seemed like they, well, obviously they decided to go back inside. Yeah. And they said, oh, we made the right choice. She was trying to keep us out there. Yeah. But was that also a mindfuck? Why wouldn't you stay outside the house? The danger is happening inside. They don't know that they are outside. That's the problem. Oh, they think they're imagining... Being outside. Because it wants them to die. Because they look in through the mirror and the two of them pile up, like, in front of the mirror. So that it's going to stab both of them. And he's... Oh, right, right, right. They have a vision of themselves standing in front of the mirror. Right. But is it a vision or is it... or, or Is that the real reality? And that... This movie is such a mindfuck in so many ways and it's Listeners, so could you good. hear that sigh? I just... I'll do it again. <sighs> more raspy this time. It was. I like that one better. Yeah. Alright. We'll use that one. My only thought is this could all have been avoided. If Kaylee weren't being a bitch? Yes. <laughs> she would have just broken the Let mirror. Let the fucking mirror be. Let then somebody else die. I have all these practical ideas, but if they came to fruition, there would be no horror movies, so. Yeah. Unfortunately, she does lose her own life, presumably, or have some terribly twisted version of life now, and ruined what's left of her brother's life. And also <laughs> killed her fiancé. Mm-hmm. All because she couldn't move on. I get it. I understand. Although, she didn't actually kill him. Yeah, she did. No, she didn't. Yeah, she did. Beyonce? Yeah. Wait, okay, tell me why you think that she didn't kill him. (sighs) Okay, I will. All right. She had what? Had that piece of the plate. It was a piece of potted plant. Whatever. Oh, that she broke. Yeah, she kicked against the wall. And she heard something and she whipped around and it was like her ghosty mother and she stabbed it in the neck. Yes. Right. Well, she kept saying, I couldn't have stabbed him. He's not real. And I agree. Why would he just show up there? Did okay. he even know? Now, let me finish my whole thing, and then you can judge. How would he know where they were? I'm certain she didn't tell him they were going to this house to do this stuff. Okay. She only told him to call her once an hour to make sure she was okay. Right, okay. If I remember correctly. On top of that, I do believe when her brother was looking at what she did, it was just pieces of the dead potted plant that she shattered against the wall. There wasn't anything there. No, he he saw him. He definitely saw him. Um, because he, she was like, but but he's not dead. He's not dead. I couldn't have done it because the plate wasn't real. The plate wasn't real. But then he was like, Kaylee, the potted plant. So he was trying to say, no, it is real. You did stab him. You picked up a piece of glass that was laying here and stabbed him. And then she looks at him through the phone and sees him. Right. So. Which the mirror is more than capable of making happen. So part of the reason why I didn't think that she had actually stabbed him. Partially because we never actually heard her say to come and get him, how to come and get her. However, right. they did set up the whole thing in the beginning where she tells him to go outside and make his phone call or else there's no like telling what it is, who you, who it is you're actually talking to. Yeah. I was wondering if maybe there was some way that she had said, like whenever it was her and Tim, that she had said in front of them, I'm fine, everything's fine. But had actually said, nothing's fine, come and get me. And told him where they were. Like, if they imagine the way that she was talking. I know that that's, that's inferring That's some heavy-duty speculation. It is. But part of the reason why I had originally thought that he didn't actually die is because Vic and I actually had this Mandela effect situation where we both remembered him showing up at the end of the movie and he was okay after she had died. Well, no. I didn't have that memory. Okay. I had the memory that... As she's saying, oh my god, I killed him, I killed him, oh my god, his eyes open, and then it's just one more way the mirror's fucking with her, where it, like, makes her think that she killed her fiancé. And I thought it happened 
right after she gets the call from him. And because yeah, the, the the either the house or Michael calls her right. So right after she stabbed him. So either way, the mirror is still fucking with her yeah. after she presumably kills him or not. It's still fucking with her by having a caller. So the him. characters don't have any clear memory of what's going on. We don't have any clear no. memory of the movie either. Watch no, the movie I, for yourself. Well, and like I said, Vic and I had watched this movie like five years ago. So yeah. whenever... And then recently, I hope to refresh your memory. Yes, 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 No, yes. we're going by our <laughs> five-year-old memory. So whenever we rewatched it, I was like, wait, I definitely had this memory of him showing up along with the ambulances and being like, where's Kaylee? And then realizing that she's dead and being really upset. I don't remember that. Nope, it didn't happen. Nope. I remember that from the movie five years ago. Maybe Stop it was, projecting that onto us. Though. Maybe it was my brain just trying to have a happy ending for Michael. <laughs> you also said you blocked out the entire insanity of the mother. Yes, yeah, so while we were paused briefly because the dog needed to go outside, I had mentioned to Max that I had completely blocked out the mother going psycho. Which is amazing. I had completely... Like, that is what the main thread throughout the whole thing that ends up tying everything together and I blocked it out of my memory 100%. The whole thing with Michael was insane. The If we're wrapping up here with the movie. Well, there's one thing that I want to talk oh, about. Oh, then talk about one thing. The one thing that the dad said towards the end right before he has Tim shoot him, he technically shoots himself. He's the one that pulls the trigger. Technically, yes. So, if or I guess it was right before that actually, he's talking to the kids and he says, I've seen the devil and he is me. And that's probably my favorite line in the whole movie. That's pretty good. Yes. And also, Vic and I had been talking afterwards and he he didn't remember when the crack in the mirror happened. And that was actually where the crack happened. Because whenever our dog just hacked something up, I don't know if you hear that or not. uh, He pulls the trigger of the gun. He, there, his body recoils and slams against the mirror and his head is actually what causes the crack in the bottom part of the mirror. Yeah. So I did remember that. I just wanted to to throw that that out there. Um, I actually, I just, I wasn't that I missed it. I guess I just, in all the confusion, I just sort of wondered if it happened at a different spot. Because there's a lot of different times where they could have gotten to it. And I thought I remembered the crack being what allowed the dad to have a little bit of semblance of sanity for a few seconds or something. But, now, when we rewatched it, because um, I actually asked Kitty that question before we watched the movie, for this, this time to refresh ourselves. But I think it was his kids begging him. I think that's what what made him realize very briefly that he was saying. And it seemed like every time that he came back into the house from going golfing or like doing his different things, yeah, he would have a little bit more lucidity than he had previously. Yeah, and then being in the house for fifteen seconds, he would lose his mind again. He did seem rather normal when he came back. Yeah. Especially whenever the, the mother first went completely insane and he came upstairs and he started calling 911, but then the mirror was talking to him through the phone. Also, folks, a little bit of lore for you from my perspective. It's an old wives' tale or something like that, but when somebody dies, put a covering over the mirror. <laughs> so It's supposed to keep their souls from going in there. Yeah. Okay. It's true. You're also supposed to, I think there's lore that says you're supposed to light a candle, which I think is weird. Because the flame is somehow supposed to help them pass through, but you would think that fire is is typically associated with the other place. So, also the the other place. Right. It's the bad place. But <laughs> the bad place. <laughs> clearly, these two, the Russell children, Russell, Russell, yes, Russell, yes, Russell, Jackals. <laughs> clearly, they didn't watch Supernatural because they would have known smashing a mirror isn't going to stop weird things from coming out of it. You have to burn that shit. Well, you got... I forget what they did to Bloody Mary, but... 
Oh, they, made her, oh they made her look in the mirror. Yeah. Well, just buy another freaking $16,000 mirror, hang them in front of each other, facing each other, so it's like that weird tunnel effect. Yeah. Boom. They are trapped forever. Solved. I want to see this. Send them to the place where Indiana Jones sends all of his crap that he finds, that giant warehouse. Wasn't it Area 51? <laughs> no. He sent it to a place to be handled in by the movie top Paul, it was an Area men. 51. <laughs> top men. Top men. Um, I just would love to see the movie where you face two haunted mirrors together and they haunt each other for the movie. <laughs> that would be awesome. Nobody take that. That's ours. But um. <laughs> I feel like that would be the, the Shaun of the, the Dead Guys version of a horror movie. <laughs> that would be great. And I, the, the guys that set the mirror up are just watching. Eating popcorn. <laughs> yeah, just like, oh, this is good. Wearing a mask is important for the health of the community, so why not spice up your mask with holiday patterns? Zephra at Z-E-K Creations has your Halloween mask needs covered. Choose from a number of different patterns from different horror movies, video games, and other spooky-themed masks. Don't need a mask? Zephyr also makes headbands and keychains. Go check her shop out at Z-E-K Creations slash shop slash Etsy.com. So okay. it ends with, I don't remember the exact sequence, but I think Kaylee is imagining herself as a grown woman in the past. And her mother's all scary and mirror eyes and stuff in the mirror. But also being kind. Yes. She holds her hands out and they come out past the mirror and she's then very inviting. Like, come here, daughter. I'll give you a hug. Mm-hmm. And so she goes in for the hugaroo and her brother is in the future and he's seeing everything that's going on and he's fed up with everything and he goes, screw this. And he grabs the timer on the kill switch for the mirror and shuts it off and hears, but no shattering glass. Yes. And why is that, Kitty? Because Kaylee was standing in front of the mirror in present time. Oh, no. So, lo and behold, the mirror made him see something that was there that was not, wait, made him see something that wasn't there. Made him not see something that was there. Mm Mm-hmm. Which was his sister standing in front of the mirror, who is now impaled on the Danforth anchor, like right through her shoulders. Yeah, right below her, the nape of her neck. Uh, yeah, and yeah. it's a bad scene. And it's very ironic, because really this is all her fault. It really is. Minus yeah. the first murders and everything, but there has been 11 years for her to not do this stuff again. <laughs> And that, so, you know, it's a little poetic justice. So real quick, final notes for me, at least, about the movie. I actually really loved Tim's constant and desperate, although intelligent, attempts to try to explain every aspect of the supernatural occurrences that they faced. When they were, they were children, yeah. Um, as they were growing up. Like, he talks about the fuzzy trace theory. He talks about confirmation bias, where she's had to, to pour through thousands of records to find 10 or 12 to support her case. Like... The the level of intelligence and denial that he has, intelligent denial that he has to come up with explanations for everything that she talks about, I really appreciate it and really enjoy it. To the point that he almost convinces her. And honestly, I, I guess maybe the mirror just fucked up and maybe it just made them do that one minute too early. Because if it would have just let him go, Tim almost convinced her. He almost had her. But if the mirror, because the mirror made them both on camera move the two cameras to face each other, it obviously proved her point. It proved that there was something going on because neither one of them remembered doing that. Remembered doing that. And honestly, that is obviously what makes the rest of the movie happen. So if it would have just left well enough alone, Tim convinced her to go back, disarm the anchor, and then just call it quits and be done. And I don't know. I just think it's kind of ironic. But I, anyway, my main point was that I just loved Tim's intelligent denial and his counterpoint to every one of her 
spooky happenings. I, I like that whenever he brings up, he's like, do you know what fuzzy trace theory is? And she's like, no, but I bet you're going to tell me. <laughs> yeah. And he was like, I actually started an article about it. Like, because somebody wrote an article about him in that situation yeah. with the whole fuzzy trace theory thing. Uh, but yeah, that, so I have a real quick mention about the end, the very, very end of the movie. Mm-hmm. So she dies, the cops show up because he had managed to call 911 even though, like, while he was out on the lawn, even though he thought that he hadn't been able to because they thought that they were still inside, there was that whole scene. He had managed to call 911. They showed up, and somehow, I don't understand how, the cop already had a copy of the video on his cell phone. <laughs> yeah. I was like, wait, excuse me? How did you get that? <laughs> was it the cell phone, or was it the camera that she had in the corner to record? Oh, the un- little handheld yeah, camera. Yeah, okay. the one that she uses to show. Oh, yeah. It might maybe, have been. maybe that might, might have been yeah. what it was. I thought it was on his cell phone for some reason. No, I was like, how the hell? It'd be funny if and they were automatically uploading all that to YouTube. People were like, what is going on in this house? <laughs> it's just the two of them sitting talking to each other for six hours. Rearranging <laughs> furniture occasionally, and then a brutal murder by anchor. <laughs> So I'm super curious about what all was on those tapes. If it was what we were seeing or if that was just all crazy that was going on in their heads. I'm very interested about that. And I also am 9,000% sure that his doctor lost his job after that. Because (laughs) the day before, two days before, had said... No, it's my professional opinion that he should be released. And then he fucking kills his sister. <laughs> Two days later, in the same house, using the same excuses as the he sister did the first who told time. her fiancé to keep track of her on the hour because she's worried her psycho brother might kill her. Yes, the, but the fiancé may or may not be alive. We still don't know the <laughs> right, answer sure. to that question. Jury's out on that one. I need to call Mike Flanagan. So, yeah, those were just, like, kind of my closing notes on the movie. I do like that we have a solid answer that it wasn't just them being insane. My closing note is, I did not see that ending come, but I should have. <laughs> I don't know how I didn't expect that to be the case. I expected one of them to die. I just didn't know which one it was going to be. I thought maybe it would have one of the endings that I like, where he's like, Screw all this. And he does the thing and it shatters the mirror. Boom, it's done. Something like that. And I like that. Like, it's it's over with. Yeah. Yeah. But oh no, there was a twist. I actually really like dark endings. I'm sorry. (laughs) I really, really like that ending because I think that horror movies having happy endings happen a little too often. And I actually appreciate, not so much anymore, but I really appreciate when um, horror movies have kind of dark, bleak endings like that. I kind of wish that it would have been both. That she would have died, but the mirror would have been shattered. Like it cracked, went through her neck. That might have been cool. Yeah. I kind of thought that would have happened. It's a lot of weight. It is a lot of weight. It was like, she said that she had 40 pounds of weight attached to it on top of the anchor itself. And the weights were 20 pounds. Oh, okay. I thought that it... Which, still, the anchor smacking her in the back should have been enough force to shatter this stupid antique mirror. It should have been enough to decapitate her and then (laughs) shatter the mirror. Like, because... With how fast it was going, it was more. Th- it would have been more than forty pounds of pressure once it actually hit her. Yeah. But yeah, I kinetic energy and such. Yeah, I kind Newtons. of wish that it <laughs> <laughs> joules, gigawatts. Wait, gigawatts. I'm gigawatts. Yeah. One point twenty-one gigawatts. <laughs> exactly. Well, my favorite part, I think, was the apple part. Apple and the light bulb. Okay. Okay. That'd be a great name for a book. 
the new band name I call it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I honestly think my favorite part was the first time we see any of the actual ghosts, the dad walking through the kitchen. Like it's, it's very subtle. It's creepy. It kind of sets up the tone for the movie. She herself isn't overtly terrifying and that makes her more creepy because she's not really trying to hide. She's not trying to be a creepy ghost and hide in the shadows. She is there. 100%. The light is glinting off of her creepy mirrored eyes. I like that scene a lot. My favorite scene, I think, is actually, I think, one of Max's least favorite scenes. I like when she's going through the history of the mirror in the beginning. (laughs) It's not, like, anything super creepy or anything, but I just really enjoy listening to all, like, all the people that were affected by it and how they died. And I enjoy that in different movies that have histories to things. I just enjoy hearing the background of, of haunted items in, in movies. I don't know. It's very Ghostbustery. Mm. <laughs> so, Max, what was your... What was the scariest part for you? What was your least favorite? I, I thought we were going to my least favorite. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> scariest part? Mm, well, that's just the thing. And maybe it's the least favorite part of the movie I have. <laughs> it's going to sound weird, but the movie was my least favorite part. I didn't think there was enough horror. I've had this problem with other movies that were horror movies that I liked. I just didn't think they were that scary. This movie, to me, wasn't that scary. Okay. And maybe that was the point. You know, I mean, there was very subtle horror. And I think Victor's right. When Marisol, when she's not being overtly scary, it's scarier. But I like to have that occasional scare that gets me, even if it's a cheap dime store scare. I still like to have one once in a while. And I, man, I didn't have any the whole movie. Hmm. Yeah. A, a lot of the, the jump, jumpy scares were super predictable. Like the yeah. mom coming out from behind the bed, you knew it was going to uh, happen. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah. No, I get that. There weren't a lot of like in your face scares during the movie. They did a good job of having an atmosphere of terror. Right. Mm. But not terrifying. Okay. So that was your least favorite. Least favorite part. Okay. Yes. My least favorite part was just some of the, I don't know, I guess reliance on us as viewers to kind of fill in some of the blanks and not have to worry about certain things. Like the boyfriend, or sorry, fiance, for example. There is no world in which it starts by him being like, hey, I'm going to get you your, your own computer with your own network access because... Other people in the building found out that you were searching for and printing horrifically graphic crime scene photos <laughs> yeah. from these very specific situations. Also, I didn't think this mirror was supposed to be sent in for repair. Oh, okay, whatever. I guess I won't question that. <laughs> also, you want to go spend time alone with your brother, but you want me to call in every hour and make sure you're okay. Oh, okay. I guess I won't question that. There's so much involved there. And she tries to give it like a, a weak explanation of like, um, I'm going through a really dark time right now. I'm going through some parental stuff. And you just have to bear with me. And like, Cool, great, he's trying to be supportive, I get it, but in no way would I be okay with that. And I don't know how many guys, or girls, would be okay, how many partners in general would be okay with that situation. Just be like, no big deal. His seemingly utter lack of concern for her well-being and his just total reliance on her keeping herself safe made me... Which proved to be completely unfounded trust. Yes. My least favorite part is a very specific part of the movie. I can't use the dog thing every time because that's going to be every fucking movie. (laughs) So I'm actually going to go with, (laughs) at one point, the dad grounds the kids to the house. They're not allowed to leave the house for two weeks or whatever. That was like the ruling. And I'm guessing that the mirror told him that long. The mirror was telling him a lot of shit at that point. And, And Kaylee 
escapes and she goes out to find a neighbor. And presumably she explains to her neighbor that, hey, my mom went insane. My dad has her chained in the bedroom. He's not feeding us. And the neighbor brings her back home instead of calling Child Protective Services. I remember that part. And I was like, and he was like, hey, play golf with you next week. Like, (laughs) what the fuck? No. Yeah, dad's like, oh, she's using it to get attention. No. What a horrible neighbor. No. Well, he's going to feel shitty for the rest of however long he's alive for, which maybe he might be already dead because he seemed like he was a little old. I'd like to see Mr. Mike Flanagan. I'd like to see the reaction to dumb neighbor men. (laughs) Okay, so Alan and Marie murdered. Right. (laughs) Later on, uh, what's her face? Uh, Kaylee murdered. Yeah. What do you mean? Well, maybe he's dead by then. He was kind of an older guy, but yeah, no, he definitely could have prevented at least some of it. <laughs> he could have prevented two murders. Yeah, which is one more murder minimum than you need to prevent. And by preventing the first two, <laughs> probably could have prevented the third. Probably, but I mean, so, maybe he would have just got mirrored. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, if if they had what called CPS, call glamoured, and we call glamoured, glamoured. Isn't that that's what they call it in uh, True Blood? Whenever the vampires mm. put people in trances, <laughs> isn't that what you do to jackets when you put a bunch of rhinestones all over them? That's bedazzling. Uh, that's better. Let's <laughs> We're gonna call that glamouring now. <laughs> but yeah, I just that whole situation pissed me off. And maybe a CPS worker who came into the house would have just got killed. Whatever. But yeah, they probably would have had a cop come with them. Whole thing. So anyway, no, and then starts. Mercy Black. I was going to say, if it was a CPS or, uh, worker. No, La Llorona. Yeah, yeah. CPS worker would have walked in and been like, everything's fine here. <laughs> no worries at all, because the mirror would have made her see like a happy, smiling family. Uh, that's true. Yeah, maybe. Who knows? <sighs> too many horror things. Yeah. Many. It's all running together now. So, <laughs> anyway. Uh, so, yeah, that was my least favorite part. Max, what was the scariest part? Or, yeah, Max, what was the scariest part to you? Scariest part? I See, I, I really don't know. I didn't have one that really scared me. Mm. You know what I mean? Probably. Are you going to use the apple scene again? No. <laughs> I was thinking of a different one with Marisol. I can't picture exactly when it was in the movie. There was a part where she would, whenever they first come back into the house, the two kids are standing in front of the mirror and Marisol is just kind of looming next to the, next to the mirror. And that looming that the doesn't part? worry me too much. No? Okay. I think it was the part where she starts talking with the dad's voice. Ooh. I don't remember exactly when that happened. I think it was towards the end. Yeah. When he's, he's coming up on gun murder mm. with Marie and stuff. There was also the part where she was standing behind him and Tim came into the room with the light. And it scared her. And she, like, moved creepily over to the door and came at him. And that's when he ran upstairs. Was that the part that you were thinking That of? might be that part. That was scary. Cause I, yeah, because... She, like, oh, went... Kaylee like, was trying to hold him. She was coming towards them. I swear she was talking to the dad's voice. And she, Kaylee had like a hold of Tim. And he's like, no, let me go. Like, I don't want to do this. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And then she ropes him back into it 11 years later and gets yeah. herself killed. That was a scary part because having somebody hold you, even somebody that loves you, mm-hmm. and you want to run would be the scariest thing ever. Yeah. Let me go. Yeah. If you're yeah. overwhelmed with terror. Anyway. That's fair. That's, uh, that was my scariest part. Vic? For me, it was the realization that the mom was so incredibly, I don't know what the right term would be, like her mind was so irrevocably like bored out by the mirror that she was upstairs eating a plate 
Was it? Yeah, I believe so. Like, she was eating a porcelain plate, and, like, just blood and sinew and shit was, like, coming out of her mouth. I, I don't know. Just realizing that she was so incredibly screwed up and that far gone that she was mutilating her own body. I, whether it was the mirror that was making her do it, or she was just crazy enough to do it, or she was trying to kill herself. We don't know. But any of those things are terrifying. Yeah. Yes. Agreed. So that was it for me. Pause for a second. What'd you need? I was looking for my pen. Is that my pen? That's my pen. I know it seems like a dumb thing right now. But what kind I, of pen is it? It was the one Tyler gave me for this. Yeah, no, this is my pen. We can find it in a little bit. Just use the one for now. <laughs> the scariest... What was your f- scariest part, Kitty? My scariest part... My, my, my scariest part... My scariest part. Is my face. No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the scariest part for me in this movie, I think, is just the, the overall feeling of not being able to tell... I would hate to be in a situation where I couldn't tell what was real. And I think that that's something that scares me in general. When you think about people who are suffering from schizophrenia or who are suffering from any sort of delusions, it's absolutely terrifying to think that you're not able to separate fantasy from reality. And being in that situation and not being able to tell if something's just your brain playing tricks on you or the mirror playing tricks on you or whatever... Or if it's something that's actually happening. Because if it's something that is actually happening to you, but something else, you think that your reality is safer, you're not able to go through that level of self-preservation that you would if you knew you were in actual danger. That's terrifying. Absolutely terrifying. Like when Kaylee bit into the apple light bulb. (laughs) The apple bulb? (laughs) The apple? Just... If she had actually done that, and but the the movie let her think that she ate the apple instead, just she would have no sense of self-preservation and like swallowing glass. That it's terrifying. It's absolutely terrifying to me. See, that was scary for me, too, because sometimes I have these like waking dreams where I swear I've swallowed something. <laughs> something irregular and like plastic. You know what I mean? Okay. Like, and I wake up in the middle of the night like, because I think I've swallowed this thing, but I didn't. It was nothing. Yeah. Uh, so probably yeah. a bug flying into your mouth or something. <laughs> yeah, probably a spider or something. <laughs> it's fine. But just because I, I used to work in mental health and I dealt with a lot of people who had very severe schizophrenia that wasn't being treated and just thinking about living in their brains where they're not able to determine if something is factual or not is so scary to me. So I think that's why this movie was scary to me in general. So Can I ask for clarification? Yeah. You work with people with severe schizophrenia that was not being treated. Yeah. Wasn't the point of working with them to treat it? It, it, I was trying. I was a case manager, and we can't force people to take their medication as long as they're not harming themselves or others. As long as they're not trying to shove mirrors in people? Yes. Okay. Uh, so there were a couple of people on my caseload who were not taking their medication because they thought that it was poison. And But they be- can be forced to have a caseworker? They weren't forced to have it. So Maybe this isn't the best form for well, this. Well, but- <laughs> no, I just, it's actually, it's not a bad conversation. The one person actually was because they weren't sound enough. They were receiving social security benefits, but they weren't of sound enough mind to spend that money on things that they needed, like food and shelter. Uh, so our case management unit had access to their funds to dole out their rent and their electric payments and their food payments. And so they did have a caseworker for that specific reason, but I couldn't force them to go to treatment unless they threatened me or threatened themselves or threatened somebody around me, in which case they then ended up hospitalized. So, Okay. 
That yeah. makes a little more sense. It kind of explains some of the other movies we've seen here a little bit. <laughs> yeah. I um, mean, it's it's a very interesting world since they've gotten rid of a lot of the, the state institutions and things like the long-term psychiatric facilities, they don't have places for people to go. So if you have people who are legitimately crazy and who are not actively seeking treatment, they're usually out in the street. Also, I'm pretty sure that the term crazy is out. I think that's preferred that we say mentally hilarious. (laughs) I think you're right. (laughs) But I do want to point out that we take mental health and mental illness very seriously. Yes. But there is very few things that we don't joke about because we take them seriously and because we respect them. Yes. So I, I love my correct. I loved my clients, but that job stressed me the fuck out, so I don't work there. We all have very <laughs> mental illness. And I don't just mean in general, I mean specifically here on this podcast. But um, in the room in the within the walls of this padded room where they let us have this microphone. Uh-huh. Hi, I have ADHD, generalized anxiety disorder, and depression. <laughs> If you couldn't tell by me going off on tangents and interrupting people constantly. <laughs> anyway. It doesn't have some form of depression these days. <laughs> seriously. Almost, I mean, seriously, almost nobody. But. Yeah. Everybody's on pills. It's yeah. fine. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so. General rating for the movie. Yeah. I was, I got lost. Mm-hmm. Uh, how are we rating it? We're doing percentages this time? Sure. Okay. <laughs> I give it 79% for the story. Okay. For the tale it told. Okay. Okay. I give it about a 46% for being a horror movie. Okay. Because I just did not think it was that scary. Okay. Okay. I'm sorry. But the story was good. Can you give me that number again? 54? 45. 45. I reversed it. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you said 46. Oh, it was 46. You said... Um, no, I can't backtrack. It was 46 now. Which yep. is, that's the number we're going with. Okay. <laughs> All right. All right, go ahead. Okay. Um, I think that... I respect... Your reasoning, sir. I think that this movie worked a little bit better for me because I, I want a little bit more out of my horror movies. I actually really love a lot of things that you don't like about them. <laughs> I think he's calling you shallow. <laughs> it does seem like that. Um, okay, it's not necessarily... That I want something... My outrage is slowly building. I want something different out of the horror movies. I enjoy a little bit of a different type of horror than you do. Um, so I actually really enjoy... You enjoy stuff. the better one. I enjoy horror movie <laughs> that... Horror movie. Whatever. It doesn't matter. All right, so I would give the movie, the story that it told, and the general structure of the movie, I'm going to say 75%. It's a pretty solid story. I really like the way it's told. It definitely has some issues and things, some things that I don't really like about it. There's a couple of nitpicky things that, like, at a certain point, when a movie hits, like, 60% for me, I start looking for things that are above what I would look for in a movie that would be, like, 50% or below, if that makes any sense. Like, I'll let a lot of things pass if I find out the movie's going to be crap. But when it starts to get a little higher for me, I start looking for a little bit more detail-oriented things. So, 75% on the story. And as far as creepy for me, I'm going to give it a 60%. Because it actually kind of creeped me out at a couple of points. It wasn't, like, terrifying, but I think it did a pretty good job. That is 14% too many. All right. (laughs) For an overall story, I think that there were some gaps. There were definitely some continuity errors. There were some things that I struggled with. So... For that, I'm probably only going to give it about a 71% for overall story. It could have been done a little bit better. I think that they did a fairly good job with certain things. Better than a lot of other movies that I've seen. Is your love for Mike Flanagan influencing your answer? On this, no. It's the Mike Flanagan inflation. I I actually, quite (laughs) frankly, I feel like this was... I feel like Haunting of Hill House is what he wanted to do with Oculus and he didn't have enough time. Mm. Because it was such a short movie. But anyway, my freighting, freighting? 
my, my rating for the scary part of the movie, I'm actually going to give like a 74% because even though it wasn't like jump out and scare you and that kind of a thing, it made me psychologically uncomfortable the whole time <laughs> because I couldn't tell what was real and what wasn't. But toilet paper so, on a bathroom floor in a public restroom makes me uncomfortable. Do you give that a 74%? No, I'm not a 70 mutcher. I'm a 70%-ish mutcher. <laughs> but what if there was a mirror that could make you think that that toilet paper on the bathroom floor was a bag of combos? And you happily dug into it. And then halfway through it was like, <laughs> here's reality. And you're like, oh shit. I can't imagine any situation <laughs> where I would pick up food off of a public restroom floor and think, I made a good decision. Only to find out later it was shit-covered toilet paper. <laughs> I was trying to say a bag of combos that was sealed. I thought that was implied. It was a sealed bag of combos. Doesn't matter. If you had a vacuum-packed roast beef on the floor of a public restroom, I still would That's just gross. <laughs> to be fair, I found a, a baggie of weed on a restroom floor one time. <laughs> <laughs> and turn it over to the authorities post-haste. Definitely. Well, you can't just walk out into the lobby and get a bag of weed out of the machine like you could combos. So maybe pick that up. <laughs> Because you can dispose of that evidence real quick. Also, I knew it probably belonged to one of my coworkers, and I knew they were all legit. So <laughs> <laughs> I just didn't say anything to anybody. <laughs> all right. So if you haven't noticed, um, we don't take ratings super seriously on this podcast, either ones that we see online or ones that are, I wouldn't say that our co-hosts give, but because we do care and we care about our, each other's opinions. However, we all agree that ratings are kind of irrelevant. Because they're really subjective. Tra- yeah, extremely subjective, transient at best. Yes. They're Rotten Tomatoes gave this movie a 75%, by the way. Just in case oh. you care. And that's why, also why we don't bother talking about ratings. Because there are movies that we love that have like a 20% on Rotten Tomatoes. There's movies that we hate that have like a 98% on Rotten Tomatoes. We've discussed that. Yeah, so we don't really put a whole lot of stock in ratings, but... Thor Ragnarok was super popular. I did not care for it. That's a Take that, take that. Whoever, I hope you guys all liked that movie, and I hope that made you cry when I said that. Piss off, ghost. (laughs) Yes, exactly. (laughs) There wasn't... They had good moments, but... Just, you know... Next week, tune in for reading... (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. Um, That does bring me to next time. You get to pick this time, Max. What is your movie? I'm going to say we do scary stories. Oh, Okay. You yes. said last week that you wanted to do um, Event Horizon. There's a lot that I want to do. Okay. Well, I scary will. movies came out more recently, so I feel like that's probably... Scary what? stories. What did I say? Scary movies. Okay. Well, scary yeah. stories. Yeah, let's... It's a pretty recent movie. What movie are we seeing? <laughs> scary something. All right. Which normally, I wouldn't like a horror movie that had, like, the word scary or <laughs> terror in the name. Right. There was one I saw on Netflix. Maybe we'll do it sometime. It's called Be Afraid. I'm like, that is the dumbest name for a horror movie. Sounds familiar. It's just trying to tell you, like, hey, this movie sucks, but, like, be afraid. Be yeah. afraid. Anyway, scary well, stories. Don't breathe. I mean, you're super excited about that, but it's telling you don't breathe. It's more telling the characters in the movie not to breathe. <laughs> I feel like you're splitting hairs. I will split every hair. Okay. That's you fair. Do split I have every seen hair. him. I've actually seen him do it. It's pretty impressive. <laughs> It takes so, a long time and a lot of patience, but scary right. stories. So scary stories, the um, I think the loose adaptation from the scary stories to tell in the dark book um, or book series. I don't know if it's based off the first one or multiples, but it's a little bit of nostalgia stories that I grew up with. We all grew up with, I think, and they made a movie about it that didn't suck. We're so all pretty fun, at least in my opinion, we will find out because uh, Kitty and I have not seen it yet. So 
Um, and then I do believe that you had a book that you wanted to suggest. I do. And before I suggest that, I will say we will get to Event Horizon eventually. Mark, mark you that, listeners. Event Horizon, one of my favorite all-time horror movies. We'll get to that one day. So it's on the horizon, what you're saying. It is on the event horizon. Oh, all right. <laughs> well, then. Um, yes, I would actually like to start recommending some scary short stories or scary novels and stuff. I am a very avid breeder. I believe it's... I'm sorry, you're a very avid breeder? Because that's definitely what it sounded like you uh, just said. <laughs> I'm an avid breeder and an avid reader. So <clears throat> I very much enjoy both. Uh, but for the sake of this podcast, I'm also a very avid reader of books. Okay. And if you are too, there is a lot of gems out there that get passed by. And I'll tell you. A lot of the older authors, like Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, and it's actually who I'm going to recommend here to start, he has a collection of horror stories called Tales of Terror and Mystery, written, you know, late 1800s, early 1900s. And the first one I would recommend would be The Terror of Blue John Gap. It's the first story in that set of stories, and I'm not going to tell you anything about it. Just this, very briefly, this... Well, I have to, I feel like I have to give a teaser now. Okay. A gentleman who is not in good health. I think he has uh, tuberculosis. Pretty sure that's, if I remember correctly. But he goes to the country to get the fresh air and, you know, try to re uh, rally his health. And the villagers in a nearby village are scared of a legend that lives in this cave, the terror of Blue John Gap, mined out by the Romans. Now they think there's something that lives there that occasionally prowls the night and takes sheep, sometimes people. Okay. And he's like, ah, whatever. And so he goes to investigate. I highly recommend it. For the record, Tuberculosis is not something that you can clear up by getting fresh air. Back in the old days, right. it seemed like right. their solution was to send you like a drier atmosphere. Okay. You know, in the country, away from stress. Also, fun fact, I test positive for tuberculosis every time they do a skin test. I don't have it. What? Yeah, every time. I've had like six chest x-rays because my jobs always like test me for it and it comes up positive, but I don't have it. <laughs> Are you so, a carrier? I don't know. I, I mean, I used to volunteer at soup kitchens at homeless shelters. I might have picked up something at some point, mm-hmm. but not actually caught it. But <laughs> I test positive for it every time since I was 15. I swear to God, Kitty, if I get the consumption, <laughs> we're going to have words about it. And I'm going to have to move to the freaking country in the thin, fresh air and all that. And then you'll go investigate shit that gets you killed. Mm-hmm. It's fine. <laughs> I guess before we sign off real quick, we've been saying about writing into us if you have any recommendations or if you have any corrections that you want to, to give us <laughs> on things that we said. <laughs> um, we get nothing wrong. <laughs> I finally got our email address up, so you can send us an email. It is houndsofhorrorpod at gmail.com. So houndsofhorror and then P-O-D at gmail.com. Just shoot us an email Tell us if you had something that you wanted to correct. Tell us how you felt about a movie that we reviewed. Tell us if you have a movie that you would like for us to review in the future, to talk about in the future. And we may do it. We may not. If we do pick your movie, we'll give you a shout out and go from there. So if you like our podcast, please share it with your friends. Download our episodes. Subscribe. Yes. Thank you. Do all that internet stuff. Do all that stuff that helps us because we promise... Every little bit of uh, interest we get in the podcast is only going to help it grow. So if you like it and you want to see it grow, you can absolutely help us do that by, you know, subscribe, share, download, tell your friends. Um, helps us a ton, and we will 
We will try to bring you more of this ridiculous rambling, sometimes off-topic. Mildly offensive. Mildly sometimes, offensive. Sometimes, yeah. Um, sometimes we're accidentally offensive, and we don't mean to be, I promise. <laughs> um, also, if, actually, I kind of would like to hear if any of you have had any paranormal experiences with mirrors. Oh, boy. Send us those. Oh, I was really scared of that when I was a kid, but I got over it, I guess. I just started realizing that I was this terrifying image, not necessarily. Like, <laughs> now that you're grown up, you have to go back now to the place, and, right. and it all happens. Yeah. That's when it happens. I guess I just realized that if there was going to be something that like that was going to be terrified, it would be the other side looking at me. They'd be like, oh, God. <laughs> it was me. Um, but I, I still have issues with mirrors, especially at night if all the lights are out. I'm so scared that I'm going to see some, like, just a shadow move behind me or something. We only have a couple of mirrors in our in our house, but it makes me uncomfortable. But, um, yeah, so thank you guys so much for yes. listening. Thank you, thank and you. Just thank you. For participating with us, and we hope to continue to do this for the foreseeable future. For the future. So if you like the podcast, you will keep listening. Awesome. Thank you. If you don't, fuck you. We're awesome. And also, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All right. See you next week. Thanks for listening to Hounds of Horror. If you enjoyed our podcast and would like to know how to support us, you can find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash houndsofhorrorpod. If you support us on Patreon, you get access to some cool Patreon-only items, or just have the satisfaction of knowing that you're helping us create more content.